You are now, now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America. Hosted by Tramel Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People! Get ready. 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 Progressive action is now live. We're talking about a a job that has dangers. (laughs) Just had to remind the people of the lies that was going on, the voice of lies. What's going on, cuz? I'm chilling. What's going on, cuzzo? You know, it was a good day today. Went to officially handle the grievance with the uh, director of labor relations. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, you know, it was a good experience. I had my boy Joe Campbell with me. What's up, Joe? What's up? What's up, guys? Say that again, Joe. What's up, guys? Hello, everybody. There you go. So, it was a very interesting day. They didn't know who I was bringing up there. They didn't know I was bringing Joe. You know, and the, the director of labor relations tried to shake me up a little bit and tried to say, oh, you can't put in all these grievances. What you said, Joe? I told him that, um, you know, you just amend the grievance as you go along. There's no point in filing all kinds of different grievances for the same type of issues. But, you know, he originally he was suggesting that, you know, for every incident, instance, every, you know, uh, subject that you wanted to bring up had to be a different grievance. I mean, you know, what are you going to file, 20 grievances? (laughs) That's what he wanted me to do. (laughs) Okay. Now, Let's uh, let everybody know what is the name of the director of labor relations. What is his name? Um, Leonard Axelrod. Axelrod. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like like movie stars. Like, like movie stars. Yeah. yeah. Almost remind me of Axel Foley. Axel Foley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the borders are. Yeah. So it was it was very interesting. I, I met um, Derek Echevera today. I met Joe Bermudez today. Okay. And who else did you see down there? Well, I, I tried to meet Willie Rivera, but he ran. He ran. Yeah. Somebody need to tell him um, that I'm not in the building no more. He could come out from hiding up under the desk. Oh. <laughs> wow. All that, all that. He was being a Facebook thug, a keyboard thug, or whatever you want to call it. Somebody just tell Willie Rivera that I'm out the building. I'm not along the perimeter no more. And he could leave from up under the desk. <laughs> but it's midnight. The building's closed. He's still high. Might be locked in. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but he definitely seen and, and, and he, you know how Sandman come, you know, when, when Apollo was on? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's moving like the Sandman. He was out of there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I don't understand. Like, what, what's the, because I was definitely going to approach him. I don't care if I see you in the precinct. And for what I, and for what I see, you know, you were dressed up. You yeah. know, you didn't have on a hoodie or nothing like that. Nah, he, you know, and he was dressed in his, you know, his, his local 100 shirt. But he wasn't. I, I, he seen Joe first. Then he like turned his head and he was like, "I'm not even looking back that way," because they in the building. <laughs> wow! So for Joe and Progressive Action was in the building, huh? Yeah, and he he it was by surprise. He yeah. almost had his early surprise because he go pay for the tranny. He gonna have to talk to me about that. Yeah, and apologize. But he's gonna keep on running. Yeah, so I don't want to hear nothing he has to say on Facebook anymore. Until he faced me face to face. No more hiding up under the desk, Willie Rivera. Of course. Of course not, you know. But, the, um, you know, the, the, the meeting went pretty good. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was more of a learning experience for me. And I'm glad I had Joe there because Homeboy would have definitely 
fucked me up with that feel multiple grievances i mean i would have did it i would have just came to him with 20 grievances right it would have been simple as that and he would have been laughing yeah because he's stalling the process right and that's all it would have been for just to stall the process yeah you know see what, what they don't understand is this they keep thinking i'm playing checkers with them I'm playing chess. In order for me to play chess, they think I don't do the research and know who's who, who I'm going to meet with. I know who I'm meeting with. So in order to, to be a player on the chessboard, you got to know what each piece could do and what they can't do. There you go. I know what he could do, and I know what he can't do. And he could play foolish with me. Oh, I never heard of this, this law before. Well, you do know the MTA not bigger than the law. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you to get that confused. The MTA is not bigger than the law. Mm-hmm. So, But um, even more importantly... October 13th. Oh, yeah. That's the big day. We got we got a rally going on. Uh-huh. And, 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 you know, the stations department, uh, Derek Echevera, they reach out to me. And we working together. Wow. A member of Samuelson's administration yeah. is willing to reach out and, and work with progressive action? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, see, this is the thing. It's for a good cause. You know what I'm saying? And I'm willing to, to, to help push the union forward. But I'm also going to call people out on being accountable. And, you know, we spoke to somebody. We ain't going to mention their name, Joe. Yep. But somebody had a problem with accountability. And they didn't like the way that Roger did things. Oh, Roger, you know, he basically, he butted his head into our departments and told us what to do. But Samuelson just let us sit back and do our own thing. He yes. don't get involved. No, he don't get right. Sam should just let everybody just sit back and chill and get paid. Yeah, yeah it was it was it was obvious what he, what he was really talking about. Um, you know, I remember when Roger used to do that. He used to you know go in there and you know put his foot up people's ass sometimes. I mean, that was when they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. You know, sitting around the union hall when they should be out in the field. Um, you know, Chinese food and BBQ. That's all you see going up and down the hall. You know, what's for lunch today? <laughs> And and, and, and <laughs> you know we we hardly got any of that in car equipment because we spent our time in the field. I mean, our, our success was obvious, and um, we they st- we still have to do it. Um, even though I'm not the chair anymore, but I see that our our guys do it. They're never at the hall. I remember one time they put a flyer out about me, my first run for president, saying that I'm never at the hall. So I started putting it around. Thank you very much, you know. Good. Thank you for noticing that I'm not sitting around here thinking about BBQ and Chinese food because I'm out there in the field where the members need help. They don't need help at the union hall. And um, I also brung up the Upward Mobility Program. Yeah. <clears throat> and he tried to, with his, his defense to that was, um, you know, pretty crazy. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he basically defended the, the Samuelson version over the Tucson version. Right or wrong, Joe? There's nothing to defend on that. I mean, even, you know, he was giving the, the talking points, the administration's talking points on trying to sell it. But it was weak. It's weaker than the old, administra- the old prior administration's um, 2002 contract uh, provision for, for the apprenticeship. Um, I know the history on it. We put it together. Uh, Rodney Glenn used to administer it from Tough. The single most... The single qualification there was for you to get in was that you was seniority. Um, you had to have a year on the job, but after that it was seniority. It had nothing to do with discipline, high school diploma, none of that. It, it, its purpose was to give people a second chance in life. 
some people that might have made, you know, mistakes when they were young. Um, and they got a job as a cleaner, it's a good job, but they still want to move up. They want to learn that skilled trade. And, um, <clears throat> and, and, and that's what it was for. Now they tighten up the qualifications to say that you have to have this and you have to have that and you have to have that. And, and they say, well, that, that'll make for a more successful program. Because I think the number that was claimed, and I don't agree with it, it's actually a ridiculous number, but they were saying, oh, out of 300 and something, 62 were, um, 62 were successful, 240 people failed out. I don't buy that, but even if that was the case, that's the truth. It shows that the program was at fault, the teaching of you know, the, the instructors, any, any learning, at, uh, at any learning um, institution would, would see that many people failing, they wouldn't blame the students. But I don't, I don't actually believe that. Um, I believe that uh, this, the, the program was a success. There's a lot of people out there um, that, that, that took it, passed it, are flourishing with it now. And of course, you know, they were able to promote into supervisor, deputy superintendent, and so on and so forth. And so they, they moved up and on because of that program. That was an excellent program. Um, <coughs> the more people, the better. It doesn't make it successful when you make less people. That's ridiculous. Right, and you know, the, you know, with the new program, right, they basically, what they did was they shaved it down to 20 people, and it's restricted to cleaners and traffic checkers. When before, under the, under the old apprenticeship program, people in any title were able to, even if they, you know, even people who wanted to get off the road, because I came across bus operators, train operators, conductors, they, I've come across and people in operational titles that said, you know what, I'm tired of working the road or driving or whatever, so let me go try this out. And they were successful with it, and they went into car equipment and, and, and signals and, and, and uh, HVAC and all of that. So, you know, that's what I mean by saying, you know, whatever your prerogative is, you know, if you can go through, you know, if you don't mind sitting through school or whatever, then it's your choice, you know? It's, it, yeah, it, it was open to, to everybody. Um, you know, it was originally targeted, of course, for entry-level positions, um, but later on opened up to um, bus operators, train operators, anybody wanted a skilled trade. And what's good about the skilled trade is that, okay, you're off the road if you don't like the road, but also your base pays higher. Um, so, you know, you, you, can, you can make more money without having to work overtime, long runs, things like that. Um, and, and there was a lot of people that went through it, and it, it was a success. The only reason that it was tinkered with was because it has the signature of the Tucson administration on it and I don't think that's a good enough reason if you want to improve on something fine if you want to make the numbers bigger fine if you want to work with the um, the school PS 248 to 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 improve on the success rate when it comes to training um, make, make it more school time um, and less less field time because they only put them in the field to get production out of them they're not really they're, they're learning to how to work, but they're not learning how to pass the test. Um, that, you know, it, it all it all should even out. So, so if you want to tinker with that, fine. But, but, but the way they did it to reduce it and 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 turn it into uh, what I know is going to be a nepotism situation. You know, um, picking and choosing. The union has no right to look at somebody's disciplinary record and say you don't belong in this program. No way. Exactly. And you know, when Steve Downs came to the show against Roger back in April, he clearly stated that the apprenticeship program was suspended. It was suspended because of um, 
not enough budgeted positions for the members who were graduating out of the class. So I said to myself, okay, um, my thing is, if that's the case, why didn't they negotiate with management for a higher number? For Instead of 96, it should be something like, what, 300? I'm just making up arbitrary numbers. 200 or 300 budgeted slots for, you know, between each of those, between each of those titles. Department of Car Equipment, Plumbing, Carpentry, Elevator and Escalator. You know, I'm reading the contract right now. That's how I know in signals. So, you know, that's what I mean when I say, you know, what is all this other stuff? That's right. I mean, I... You know, there was a little, there was a pushback uh, for MOW. Car equipment um, absorbed a lot of the apprentices for that. And we, you know, Nelson Rivera, myself, Shirley Martin, you know, the representatives, Dunachev, you know, we were always talking to management, make sure that we took in as many apprentices as possible. Um, car equipment's constantly having a, a hiring and a turnover um, of car inspectors. You know, the numbers growing and stuff. So, so there was always room for them. Um, to say that there were no budgeted positions for apprentices is absolutely ludicrous. That you would have to be saying that the, 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 the TA is not hiring anybody in skilled trades. To say that apprentices wouldn't have a job when they come out. That was one of the statement, statements our friend made today um, to Tremel and myself. That there was no, nowhere for them to go when they graduated. What? I, I mean, that's, 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 that's absolutely insane. All right, let's get something clear. This, these programs mainly... Um, affect women and minorities, right? But today is ladies' night. Yeah, it's so ladies' we, night. We, yeah, we 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 gotta <coughs> we gotta get we gotta get to that. Ladies' night, and I rise this time. Oh, this is ladies' night. Yeah, this is the night that we talk about the women's issues. From different from different angles, and we got we got three women here today. Two, well, actually, well, no, four, actually, we, yeah, yeah, four. we have, we have four. Yeah, we got yes. three. We got three at the mic right now. We got three at the mic, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you want to you want to introduce? Well, sure, I'll, I'll introduce. I'm gonna introduce this one because she 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 fool fool us with her name. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so far uh, at the microphone right now in the studio. We have uh, back to progressive action for her second time, Miss Ramina Shaitan, a conductor. They, they live clapping. They live clapping, exactly. <laughs> a, a conductor conductor from RTO. And back again to progressive action, we have Miss Jamel Chisholm, former division chair from, station to, from the station department. Give it up. And, the third, uh, and our third lady at the mic, you can introduce her, Jamel. Chanel Nicole, a.k.a. Jocelyn. Oh, okay. <laughs> she don't look like a Jocelyn, right? <laughs> she gonna get me in trouble. She just got, she just got makeup on my shirt by oh, giving me a hug. Man. Early in it, I just came out, man. Oh, okay. I gotta give her the cleanest bill for this one, right? Yeah, you gotta right. give her the cleanest bill, but make sure it's signed, you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're comedians in here tonight, right? Yeah. But seriously, you know, the women's issue, the problem I have with the women issues uh, is bigger than, than locker rooms and bathrooms. Of course, way bigger than swing rooms. Yeah, yeah, it, it's bigger than that. Like, you know, I hear issues of women calling and speaking to men about women issues when they call out and things like that. You know, things of that nature. But they could elaborate on the issues that bother them 
as females on this job that the MTA fails to address and adapt to the to the 21st century and want to keep things archaic and embarrassing and you know it shouldn't be like that for women no it shouldn't be that way you know it really shouldn't I feel like you know the same way how you call in and they be like are you a conductor or a train operator they should also ask if you a male or a female where you could probably speak to a woman about your problems versus a male are you talking about when y'all call a crew office? Yeah, when we call a, the the IVR, or whatever the case is, you know. Okay. And they access you, male, female. I mean, what, what's your title, basically? Conductor, train operator. You know, it needs to be more elaborate. But let's let the women just talk about their issues, and we just go listen as men. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, we're gonna listen, <laughs> and we're gonna let we're gonna let them just talk and have a good time. You yeah, know? maybe they maybe they run the show and talk within themselves. Oh yeah. So who would like to get started first? <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, this is on me? Yeah, so <laughs> you can be first. Okay. Um, well, as a woman working RTO, it's hard because men have a tendency, or I should say that people have a way of speaking to you because you're a woman and you work RTO. They, you don't get the respect that you should when they speak to you. At times, it feels like they're talking at you or talking down to you. Um, they just very flippant with the lips, and I have a problem with that. So you're saying they talk to men different than yeah, what they, they talk, talk to women? Yeah, they talk to men differently than they speak to us. What do you think about that, Miss Miss Chisholm? Good evening, everyone. Um, Oh, there she go, tearing things up already. <laughs> I totally agree with that. <laughs> I totally agree with that. I'm going to take a journey back um, to the 1980s um, down in New York City Transit. We had women perform the same job um, as our counterparts, the males, but we had women who also were the reproducers. And... Um, if you were pregnant or so, you had to leave work. You had to take a leave of absence, almost in a sense. And that meant you didn't get paid. Um, and a lot of women, um, at least that have the time that were here back in the 1980s, they, they have benefited from the conception of a women's committee, a real powerful women's committee. Um, that was spearheaded by Darlene Lawson um, and a couple of others. And um, it gave women the first time the right to um, be paid, be respected as they were going out. And, um, you know, when you look at it, in retrospect, we don't have those things now. We have what's going around now is that we have women being uh, assaulted. The CTAs are the most vulnerable. They're out there um, on the front line. Um, they don't have a booth to go into. Um, and you know, and these are things that are not being addressed by Samuelson. So it's we still got to fight to get what it is that we want. There's still a fight ahead of us. And let me ask you a question about the women's the whole. This it was the women's committee. Now it's the working women's committee. Correct. Correct. I haven't seen any flyers. Oh, thank you. I haven't seen any flyers um, reflecting this new women's committee. The only flyer that I seen circulated was a flyer for the softball team. Okay. Before you, um, come up further, to the come up to the mic. I was just pregnant, and as a bus operator, we had um, the RTS bus. 
with the seatbelt strap across your lap, you know, across mm-hmm. your belly. And you had to ask for certain buses, trade in buses. Like, they didn't make things available unless you open your mouth and say, this is what I want. No one comes to you and be like, oh, hey, you know, you're pregnant. Let me get this bus for you or let me help you with this or let me give you that information that you need. Maybe if there was a women's committee, my whole you know, experience with going out of work and looking for childcare, dealing with the childcare fund would have been differently had it been provided to us. Now you, you recent you just recently had an issue with the um the child like you don't get the child how does the child care fund work? Uh, it's, it's first come, first serve, right? It's uh first. it used to be by seniority. Okay. So this year is the first year that the child care fund started doing it by first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what was your issue with it? Well, now they're saying like speaking to the mic. My daughter is home with um, with a friend of the family because I didn't want to put her in childcare. She's only a year old, but the person isn't registered. So they're like, we want a registered person in okay. order to pay you. Right. Y'all don't pay me money for me to get a registered nanny basically right. to come to my house mm-hmm. because they're only like it's twenty percent and. So I didn't like it's different percentages versus if they're registered or unregistered. Okay. So they sent the paper that she has to fill out to become registered. So I'm like, now you guys are going over boundaries into her life to say, oh, you have to go get registered because I guess the government wants your information so you could file taxes and do whatever the case may be. So I was just like, forget about it. Well, that's funny because. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I said, you know, for my, I was use, I was getting the voucher for my mm-hmm. oldest daughter, my oldest daughter, and basically, you know, my mother was taking, you know, my mother mm-hmm. was taking care of her. So <laughs> my mother's not licensed. Exactly. And she, and she was getting the voucher. What they do is they pay up to, up to was it twenty percent, which is hundred change, hundred and sixty dollars, yes. a month. So basically. That's what they would pay, you know, your provider, even unlicensed. And if they were licensed, they would pay up to $320 a month. Exactly. I should so, have brought the paper from my car. It's still in my car. You know, it's downstairs with some W-9 form and it's everything. It's a W-9 form. That and they it happened out. this Report summer. Him. My and son, I said he wants to stay home. He don't want to go to summer camp. He wants to stay home. They was like, no, we're not paying for a person to watch him in the summer he needs to be in a summer program the union said that yes at 195 months ago i was like you don't want to be in a summer program like and they was looking at me like how can your son tell you what he want to do he should be in a summer program and i was just like never mind and then they sent the voucher for my son who i put as my second child instead of my daughter who's the first which would be the more expensive child priority yeah yeah I'm like, how are you trying to cheat me by sending it for my son? And he basically could watch it himself. So it was, I was like, just forget it. See, and I, that's very, very interesting. See, it it's crazy. You got you to gotta deal with supervision, mm-hmm. not, accom- not accommodating the women's, or management not accommodating the women's issues, but also the union. Right, because, you know, the, you know they're very meticulous, and they've been that way. For the longest, because like I said, I've been getting those vouchers for you know for a long time. So I know that um, they want you know, and and the game always changes every year. It seemed like it seemed like they got stricter and stricter with it. You know where you um, it's and first of all, it just amazes me how you know you fill out and you file to get 
benefits from the union for, from the child care fund you know you would figure they would keep the stuff on record but you have to go through that song and dance every year and yeah register. recertify yeah recertify so that w-9 form what they have to do is if it's a licensed provider they will put their tax id number mm -hmm. if they're um a non-licensed provider then they would just put their social security number yeah mm -hmm. it looked like tax man coming after that <laughs> yeah that's what it looked <laughs> like tax man coming yes but you brought up a very important issue with the bus and having a belly and having having to work a certain bus i never knew that what mm -hmm. um what, what depot do you work out of fresh pond Oh, so they have nothing. Well, well we well, they now have, so have only flyers and hybrids. Hybrids, okay. But, yes. but how many years do you have on the job? Four and a half. Four and a half? Oh, so, so when I was there, we had RTS. Okay, they had RTSs, okay. But when I, you know, asked to have a better bus, they accommodated me, but I had to go and ask. It wasn't like, you know, they knew I was pregnant. Well, they didn't know I was pregnant right away. But when I told them, and I was like, well, here's the things that I want. Like, I had to write it down on the to and from. So it won't have any confusions when I'm like, I'm not driving this bus. And I told you guys. I also asked to work out and, like, to go in the yard instead of be out on the road. Oh, you asked to shift? Yeah, it was like, you're not shifter qualified. And <laughs> um, you're just, until you get put out of work, you can drive a bus. Yeah, see, it's very tough when it comes to... Because, see, you can ask the yard dispatcher all day. I come out of Manhattanville Depot. That's how I know so much. Mm -hmm. I, was, I got 16 years. So, if you, if you, first of all, if you, you can ask the yard dispatcher for a hybrid or whatever, which has more belly room for, you know, for big guys and tall people or whatnot. But when you get out there on the road for your second half, now somebody could bring you an RTS or an old bus. So, it's like, you know, you can't help that and prevent that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can out there on the road, depending upon what, you know, what post it is that the dispatcher is at. If they have another bus sitting there, they can swap it off and give you, an, a, you know, the bus or whatever. But some, so sometimes it's tough, and that's how the ball bounces, yeah. and, you know, with these buses. You now, know. Let me ask you something with another woman issue question as far as, like, um, when, when women get rid of their sanitary napkins or whatever, do they provide extra garbages for that? There's no. 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 How do you know, cuz? Oh, of course you would know. Yeah. <laughs> Why you can't? Do you want me to go into details? Oh, man. I just wanted to piggyback on when she said uh, I had a comment um, from a bus operator, and they were commenting that they saw pregnant women who wouldn't tell management, bus operators, who wouldn't tell that they were pregnant so that they could continue to work until mm. the last possible moment. That's crazy. Like, what is our women's committee doing? Or what's the new name now? Workers, well, workers women committee. Workers okay, women's. The working women's committee. Yeah. What do, do have. they have um, light duty for pregnant women? There's no such thing as light duty as far as a station agent. Um, maybe you, if you're a, a, a lunch relief, you could probably get a restricted duty. They have a restricted duty um, booth or whatever. Um, if you're having a difficult um, pregnancy, you could probably get a, a restricted duty. So what about um, for bus operators? Yes, we have light duty for bus operators. And what that consists of? Office work. Oh, that's nice. Office work in what depot? In, in <laughs> doing what? I can't speak for all depots, but in my depot at Fresh Pond, um, you know, they'll let you, what's that, the trip sheets. You'll file the trip sheets. You'll fill out some OVCR cards to make sure they go on the bus. Um, you'll stack schedules and things like that. 
So they will, like, it was just a woman who was recently pregnant, and she went to light duty, and they let her, you know, off the bus and do those things. Oh, okay, yeah. Cause I, I went out on workers' comp because they still had me on the road, and someone hit the bus. So. You well, out, You out right now? No, I'm at work right now. Oh, okay. This is when I was pregnant, and I was driving, and someone just happened to hit the bus. So. See, now look at that. Yeah. You're pregnant, you work in the road, and you could get into an accident. Yeah, that's what you're that's what you're putting yourself in danger to. You know? Mm-hmm. See, basically this see, this is what I meant when I talked about before, and I said this on previous shows about extra AVA days and extra OTO time. Because that extra time would come in handy in that third trimester. You know, like the first and second trimester, you're not really showing like that. I mean, you know, you know you're carrying, but you're not showing like that. So, but that third trimester, that's when you can utilize that time along with the new um, law, you know, the 12 weeks time or whatever that you get. So, basically, when you put that time together, you could just take off that time in your third trimester. And it's real simple. Instead of bumping and going up and down the road, because this is what you're putting yourself in place for, and it could happen. But there's no one championing these causes. You guys are. <laughs> You're at the radio station. <laughs> well, you guys are. Well, that's why, you know, we wanted to get some women together to start talking about the things because we not go wait until, um, you know, until, uh, or until the, the union decides to put some. Because any type of committee that has to do with this union is not being put together. Right. And, and it's even crazy because I'm trying to imagine a pregnant woman on the train. I mean, getting knocked around when you're going over the switches. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad, right? Yeah, and then, not to mention, like I said, I just filled a no-lunch grievance. And one of the examples I use is that I had to tell the director of labor relations that, yeah, I have pregnant women on this job. Mm-hmm. So are you telling me that it's cool for a pregnant woman woman to, to not eat even one day? I said, what are you waiting for? Her to pass out, possibly lose her baby before y'all say, mm-hmm. oh, it's wrong? No. And then... They could get into um, altercations like the one um, that just happened recently on the J train. What if she was pregnant? We don't know her. We don't know her history. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I mean. Or, or even in the case where you have to evacuate the train. The thing is, and this. walk that, climb down, and walk down on the tunnels and all that stuff. So that's what I mean. Where I say people think about the average day when everything is okay. When is, when every, is, when is it when okay? When the, <laughs> it when is there, right. When there's no accidents, no incidents. You know, we, say, when, when there's no accidents and no incidents, then that's a strange day. Mm-hmm. That's actually a strange that's day. That's a strange day. They're, the railroad blows up every, every day. day. Let, let me tell you something. On the union website itself, it says six assaults a day on transit workers. Average. So what is that telling you? So we just have two assaults. Oh, we had a great day today. It was only two assaults. The, when is the railroad ever regular? That's what the union, the, the labor relations guy, give me an example of jobs. Well, don't you understand? Why don't you look at how much the railroad blow up? And see, I said, look what happened on the J train. It was an hour delay because of this one thing. I said, you think nobody was affected? Yeah. People were stuck in stations. Yeah. They didn't get a chance to eat. But they were about the passengers more than they were about its own employees, especially its women. Yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? They're always second-class citizens <laughs> well, uh, until we take a stand yeah. and we say, no longer and, will we be yes. second-class. And then you, then you look at the MTA is funny. You got pregnant women. Let you hit a signal, get into an accident, they go find a job for you to do a restricted job ASAP. Mm-hmm. But you don't 
look out for the women when this is life. Now, I truly believe that women are the gods of the earth. They they bear they bear life. The reproducers yeah. of life. Yeah, yeah, and you know they there's no history without a woman. There's no man without a woman. I truly believe that. Well, what do men do, real quick? I mean, we put the life in there. <laughs> I mean, but but the, yeah, we 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 we, we, we and run the union that, that don't give us our name. But, but, but what they what they say, daddy. Um, mommy's, mommy's baby, baby daddy's, daddy's baby. baby. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You Women right. carry carry that around. Yeah. First thing a man get mad, oh, I need a DNA test. Right. She can't say I need a DNA <laughs> test because it's it us. Came, right. It came out of you. Exactly. <laughs> we know it that won't a- be happening with you with Minnie Me. <laughs> oh nah, my son is good money. <laughs> I might say that she ain't the mother. <laughs> That judge you know, would slap you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, my son is it's a blessing, but it's not about me today. It's about the women. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, what 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 other main issues bother y'all on the job besides locker rooms and bathrooms? Why are you so quiet? No, oh, I'm because on the phone you got clicking. a lot to say. No, it's it's clicking up here. Okay, I have I have a couple of things. I have a problem with the assaults that are happening because it's more likely to happen to a woman than it is a man. Um, I have a big problem with this um, alleged inappropriate sexual harassment thing that's going on. Have anybody ever ever experienced that sexual harassment at a place where you're going to get disciplined? I've never Not, experienced that before. Uh, no, under our I've mean, never Joe Campbell's administration. Never, never. Have you, you, I've heard of um, you put out there that there were people in RTO that felt that they were being spoken to in an inappropriate manner. But I haven't seen it as, and I don't have privy to it, I'm not going to say it's not happening in stations. Because if it's happening in one area, it could be happening in another. Yeah, and it's happening at two Broadway. Mm-hmm. At that, I, that's I almost, what makes it so bad, because you go down there for help, and you go down there for help and representation, and you don't go down there to be victimized. Well, I see it as almost predator-type stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know that these women are vulnerable. They need help. And you asking them, you know, uh, are you married? Can you come back up here to see me? You know, what that have to do with my the days I'm about to get in the street? Me being married is, oh, she's married. She's got a family. She's a family woman. We only go give her two days. She's single. She's going to get 10. What does that got to do with anything? That should not be absolutely a, nothing. A criteria <laughs> on determining um, discipline on somebody, whether they're single or if they have a family, that shouldn't be tolerated. And you know, if it is happening, then we need to um, start to put something together to you know bring this out to the forefront. Yeah. Now, they're have trying y- to give the single chicks ten days so they could spend a little extra time. <laughs> <laughs> wow! On, on, wow. On, on, oh no, she oh, look. No. Oh no, she look good. Yeah. She just go get a reinstructed. She yeah. look good. Oh. So, <laughs> have y'all ever experienced? Um, you know, when you got to book off and you got to tell the person on the phone, what's the reason? For you, because I, I had I had a complaint from a um, train operator, and she was telling me she was so embarrassed she had to tell a man that she you know she was bleeding heavy. Right. And he ma- actually made a comment. Wow. He, see, what did he say? Like oh, like something like basically, man. Oh, you gonna stop that from you coming to work? Don't sound too bad. I'm like, the hell that's how you gonna tell her how to feel? But I, that's inappropriate. Yes, it is. For I, I mean, I don't feel that a man. I don't want to know when my girl bleeding. You know what I'm saying? I don't want 
I don't want to hear it neither, you know. Um, and, and so, well, it's a, I mean, it's it's life, but I don't want to hear it or, I mean, well, excuse me, I don't want to see it or, no. But some women don't mind. And others do. And others do. Because I tell you a quick story. A yeah, I tell you a quick story. I used to drive for Academy Bus, right? So um, I had three people on the bus and two of them were older ladies. So it was quiet and we're sitting in traffic and they're talking to each other about their bodies or whatever so they so they then they start talking about period blood and how it was it was so heavy it was running down their leg oh so my. i'm sitting there behind the wheel like looking like what the hell so <laughs> you know i'm like so you understand it so basically it's all about the you know the individual and sensitivity and again some women don't mind talking about it but some do and I'm and I'm and and from what I guess the older some women get, the more they don't mind talking about it, you know. But there is no sensitivity when you call the sick desk at all. There's but no nothing. All they want to know your name, your past, your reason for your illness, how long you're gonna be out. And that's, that's it. it. That's and it. I'm, I when I first started with transit, I was like, how can they even ask you why are you out? Like, isn't that a violation of like HIPAA or something somewhere? Right. Like. They're not a medical professional for you to discuss anything medical with. So if you're saying, okay, sometimes you don't even know how long you're going to be out. But, like, I was like, how do you discuss this and what's the reason for you to know? Like, you should just call out and bring in your doctor's lines with the reason on your doctor's lines. But over the phone... You don't know. Sometimes you don't even know who you're talking to because the dispatcher come on may say their name, may not. So now when you go back to work and you're looking for whoever you spoke to, you're like, okay. And then now you have to tell another person what was your reason for your call out. And it's like, how do you just sit in an open office? Because I don't know any, well, not in buses where you going in a private office and discussing your reasons for your call offs. So that's another issue. Like you're talking out loud. It's other um, employees running in and out the room while you're sitting there discussing your sick lines and what was the reason for your illness. I don't consider that to be an unreasonable contract demand that mm -hmm. we don't disclose over the phone to somebody we don't even know mm -hmm. what's wrong with us. And we're supposed to make a diagnosis. Women especially, but and and, Even and those, men too. those well, the, it, there are very private issues, mm -hmm. and, and, and we have to right. be sensitive to that. But right, even for men too, that we're supposed to diagnose ourselves. I mean, I've always given a vague thing, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, flu-like symptom, which could be anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, just because it is really none of their business. But we shouldn't even have to do that. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. And if you have FMLA, you shouldn't have to disclose what it is that you have FMLA for. You should just be able to say FMLA. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Why and that's not going on. That's not what's happening. They're going, the, the cause of your, your illness, that's not none of your business. HEPA protects the members. All you have mm -hmm. to say is FMLA. Because always remember, transit can't deny or delay FMLA. Yeah, because I know okay. um, I know a bunch of school safety agents, and they say they just say the same thing that that, you know, when they call out sick, they just say, "Yo, I'm sick." Mm -hmm. They don't disclose to them what they're sick mm -hmm. for. Absolutely, there's no reason for that. I I can't see any reason because they can't deny it. 
Oh, that's not good enough. Come in. You know, I mean, I've never heard that one before. It's only the first day of your period. You can make it. It's not that heavy. Check check to see if it's heavy. Right? Day one. Like, Plug it up. What? I'm gonna bring you something. I'll show you. I'll make him. I'll make him feel away. Next time I tell you, you'll listen. And that's happened. Like as women, you like, oh, they really want to know what's going on, and then you turn rude. And then, and then they like, get mad because you're like, oh, you're really asking questions or you have a problem with me calling out. Let me tell you the excuse. I got diarrhea. Like, so you, you come up with things that's not the, your exact problem. But who knows how that's going to bite you in the long run just mm-hmm. by being vague over the phone because you don't want to disclose information. Absolutely. So it's like a catch 22. And, it, you know, it's amazing how they have, this, you know, they have this policy like this, all this for service that they keep trying to trim and cut mm-hmm. little by little. It's amazing, yeah. right? Yeah, very much so. Very much. Unbelievable. You have to jump through hoops just to be out sick. They want sick lines for everything, everything. And sometimes, and what they don't understand is that you do not need to go to the doctor every time sometimes your body just needs to rest and recuperate transit doesn't understand that they want doctor's lines for everything because sometimes your body is just worn out because if you keep going and you're going and you're not stopping especially like when you work rto rto you deal with sore feet swollen ankles your legs are swollen your knees hurt you carry a bag full of equipment so your back starts to hurt you keep doing that month after month after month, and your body begins to break down after a while. And sometimes you just really need to rest. Because if you don't stop, your body will find a way to stop you. And then that turns into a whole nother problem. A worker's comp case. That turns into a whole nother problem. Because transit doesn't understand we are human beings, we are not machines. We are human beings, and we need, we need to be treated as such, and we are not being treated that way. Especially with the CTAs, uh, women CTAs. Remember, we're, uh, especially the ones that are at childbearing um, age, they're coming back from having um, a child and stuff like that, and that work, workload doesn't get any better, and repetitively being done over and over, going up and down stairs, and, and they're breaking down at an astronomical rate more so than men. And nothing's being looked at um, as this is happening. You know, not, no one's saying there should be attention, you know, drawn upon these women that are performing these jobs and, um, you know, and, and not getting the respect or not saying that, you know what, maybe we should add some more restricted duty jobs, um, you know, make them more available. Let's, let's do you know, a workload that they can, you know, accommodate, what, that will accommodate these women. And not being happy. I know one thing I had to do when I came back from um, maternity leave was cut my hours to an eight-hour schedule versus working a nine- or ten-hour schedule. Because one thing with any job is they will work you as hard as you allow them to work you. So sure. I'm when I go to the board and it's time to pick for a schedule and I'm in buses, so, you know, we pick seasonally. I'll say, well, you know, this 10-hour schedule, I can't do that because I'm going to call off. I'm going to get tired. Let me go do something that's more along the lines of my lifestyle. 
And then I have to make a lifestyle change to adjust to that. And if I get a schedule that they trimmed it, they only fooling themselves because I'm going to drive the way they taught me to drive, which isn't what they put on that schedule, and go slow and pace myself so at the end of the day, when I go home, I'm not exhausted and tired. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, they tried to squeeze nine hours and eight. So, you know, it's based on us as individuals to mm-hmm. say, no, we're going to slow down. And if that work got to get left for tomorrow, then guess what? It's going to have to be left for tomorrow. Or if I have to turn this eight-hour run into eight and a half, sooner or later they're going to put it back to eight and a half because they're going to be tired of paying me overtime. Or they're just going to fix the schedule to accommodate how we're doing it. I wish it, so wor- make I it, wish work it was like you. that in RTO. <laughs> I really do. I, because it's seen now, the way those schedules are looking now, they're taking more time off of the jobs, like more of the war time. Mm-hmm. You're spending more time on the trains now. Mm-hmm. And then, say the railroad blows up, there go your lunch, there go your war, there go everything. You just in that terminal, out that terminal. And it's constant like that. But see, you guys have to say, I'm going to take a lunch. Like, if you keep doing the turnaround Child, and then the person if behind If I did that, you, I would be fired. You hear me? See. I would be fired. <laughs> Those are the differences in the departments, yes. uh, Chanel, between RTO and buses. You know, um, in, in buses, what they see, y'all get a no lunch. But in buses, if you have less than 20 minutes left to your swing, mm-hmm. then you get, um, you know, you fill out a pay slip, you get paid. And then they also to tell you to take 20 minutes uninterrupted lunch mm-hmm. somewhere. It could be right there or it could be up the road at the end of the line right. somewhere. That's see, what they do in buses. We don't have that luxury. No. We don't have that luxury in RTO. Mm-hmm. But it's like see. either you eat or you don't. And if you are in the habit of carrying something in your bag, that's how you make it through your day. Like if you have like fruit or nuts and like a bottle of water or something in your backpack along with your equipment, that's how you'll make it through the day. But if you don't have that, you finished. Right. And knowing me, that's how I would do it. I would you know? I would I would carry a sandwich. I do. Because I, I, I like how that cheese melts anyway. Now. Knowing me, I'll take a personal. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Wasn't I just telling you that? <laughs> Check see, my record. See see that's the problem. Miss mm-hmm. Andreva Pinder has something to say. She's know, also back to progressive action, everybody. That's why we need a true women's committee. Right. Back in the previous administration. The women's committee that was in place then, they didn't just deal with issues like that if you mm-hmm. brought it to them. They also dealt with issues of, like people being out sick and then they determined that it was be due to domestic violence. Right. Mm-hmm. right. We did things to help those people in those situations, mm-hmm. but you don't have a women's committee like that anymore. That's what I was going to ask you guys as a, as a topic of discussion. What would you guys bring to a committee? now? It's, it's all right to come to a committee and then, like, talk about things and then nothing is done. And, and, right. and maybe we can even talk about that later on, how a women's committee and a women's committee could, could, could actually accomplish something, even in this administration. But what would you guys talk about? What would be your strong issues that you would bring and want to be resolved? Um, I would say our improvements to our work environment as women. Um, there are a lot of things that go on here. And... 
and I mean aside from the locker room stuff and the bathroom stuff we as women go through a lot of things because away from work we take care of families and everything there's a lot of things going on and we have to be able to balance that and a lot of the times women are the heads of the household you know a lot of times so we there's a lot of things that we can well i would say the work environment for I'll, one thing i'm definitely going to advocate for child care yeah um as far as like jumping through hoops to get a voucher mm -hmm. or even like setting up child care centers like having the union contract someone because our out this is a 24-hour workforce so the the daycares that's out here is like 7 a.m to 6 p.m mm -hmm. so you know having the union say okay we're going to contract the same way you put wood floors in a building let's go find a contract daycare center in each borough that run maybe from 6 a.m to 9 p.m and work things out that way i mean it could even go to 10 p.m or 24 hours but let's take that into accountability to see so our members could be at work and know okay I could pick up my child or my child is in a safe place and you don't have your kid bouncing around we can't use our cell phones to like really call to check in to yeah. check in so my thing would definitely be child care like let's the same way they have these summer camps in the summer pop mm -hmm. up let's make that a 20 like a year-round thing for the members and extend the hours so we'll have a peace of mind while working. Okay, so the women's committee would be would have the power to put certain mandates, uh, money aside mm -hmm. in, in child care to take care of realistic child care needs. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mine would mostly be, I don't see we have this now, um, Addressing, uh, we should have a, a women's committee that address that goes out and address. We have um, overstressed uh, women that are in the booths and stuff like that. Maybe um, on the road, I see we have a safety person that goes on the road. Maybe we can have someone that goes on the road at night because that seems to be more of the, a stressful time for a woman um, to be working on the night tour. And maybe take a line and say, you know what, I'm going to work this line and go down this line. Just have a conversation and you might be surprised. It might be a woman out there or women out there that um, might need your 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 sympathetic ear that might say you know what I never thought about this um, I'm getting verbally abused by my husband or my kids or or whoever whatever but I think to take a proactive um, uh, a, a proactive role in a real women's committee that's what I want to see not something that you just posted up there and say oh come to this why can't we go to the women let's take this to the field that's something that hasn't been done I just I come to think about you don't complain. You also got to give a solution. You got to mm -hmm. come with a solution. You know, well, you know, I don't like this the way this is being done. That's the way that that the way that's being done. Okay, here, how, here's a counter offer right here. Let's try this. Well, you know, um, I want to interject on that, right? The same way with alcoholism mm -hmm. and drug use, mm -hmm. and especially with domestic violence, there are some women that are very that become that become funny. Because they could be going through domestic violence, it, domestic violence issues, but if you come to them with it, they'll get snappy with you, and they'll even probably want to fight you. 
because mm-hmm. you, you're invaded in on their on their territory, and their thing is, well, I got this handled, or he's gonna stop, or I'm gonna work it out on my own. So you know, basically, um, like I said, you have a great idea, but in the real world, in the real minds of most women that go through these situations, and even gambling, this is what would you know this is what would happen so that's why it's it's also still good to to post the programs there so wait okay now you make the decision to go to it and get help mm-hmm. versus you reaching out because you know when you reach out i'm just saying when you you know sometimes when you reach out to people for help you know well, to, to help them well i had um as a division chair i okay. had um an incident that happened and this woman was being abused um, by her husband and she refused to get help. She couldn't see it. Um, she was taking days off, you know, and stuff like that. And it wasn't to be confrontational with her. But like I said, some people will be, will, you know, like curl up in a shell because they're so embarrassed that this is happening to them. Right. But it's not that you're going to be confrontational or argumentative with the person. You just have to have a sympathetic ear. I understand what you're saying, but some people will see if you can sympathize with them, they'll be, you know, they won't be that reluctant not to trust you. It's gaining trust. And that means that's where I'm saying this is a proactive approach. We're going in as a helping hand. This is a helping hand. Look, I'm here. You know, I'm not here to judge. It's not anything about being someone being judged. But it's like, hey, we never tried this before. Maybe we should do that. And like I said, it's targeted areas. Um, I know we have cleaners that are overstressed. We have a lot of women cleaners that are very much so overstressed. And we have some clerks that are that are overstressed and they're they're posting on different sites you know and nobody you know there are individuals that are giving words of encouragement which is so great you know sometimes i want to cry that i that i I feel the the pain that some of these women are going through and and there's nobody out there you know they're 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 like you know could someone you know give me a helping hand or say something nice to me i just feel like overwhelmed you know and nothing's being done you know it it it, jamel She's coming from a, a um, from a perspective of people that work out there alone, and 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 hardly see any you know buddy you know the coworker uh, for a very long time you know maybe at night in a booth somewhere maybe they just see customers but that's it, and perhaps let me just throw this out there that you know because there's there's supposed to be like a family assistance program and perhaps there could be a women's assistance program run through the women's committee with the power yes. of the president's mm-hmm. office with a budget and, and and a real way to help people there we go that's the solution joe there it is there's a solution because we wanted to talk about the women's committee being more than just the ladies auxiliary of local 100 where mm-hmm. we talk about bake sales and picnics and softball games that's no. not what the women should be doing and even if they sit around and talk about bathrooms and locker rooms okay. what's being done after that Yes. What you guys are talking about is real stuff that's out there. And if I was just like a man and I wanted to think, well, what's, what, what, what are women's problems? I'm thinking locker room and bathroom. You guys really know what the issues are. Exactly. And thank God for and Virginia's site. I mean, <laughs> cut you off for let's get busy for some of the station employees. And there are others that are invited to this site. But thank God they're, they're, there's a place that they can go to, to, you know, to let off a little steam or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if in, in a depot, right, Chanel, like you could have like a, a woman's representative there, specifically somebody 
uh, that communicates with the women's committee to say, um, you know, that maybe you could go to well, rather I than go to like a chairman. You the know? women's committee should be like it should be us. Like, OK, I'm a bus operator. I'm part of the women's committee and I'm placed in Fresh Pond Depot. Like, I don't have to be like, oh, I got to take a day off to go downtown and, you know, yes. or I got to go down there before work. Like, I don't even know who's in the women's committee, to I be honest either. with you. I Just mean, I have no <laughs> idea who they are. I don't know where, where they're located. I don't see pamphlets. Like, if there was to be a new women's committee, it needs to be people from each depot, a person from stations, not just, oh, you, somebody who's put together and they don't even, they're not even interacting with us. It needs to be actual people that's working in different departments who come together for meetings that we talk about what's going on, what changes need to be made, and what's happening. Because some things that might be specific to stations might not be specific to buses. Because for buses, we're only in the depot for five, 10 minutes. Our restrooms are out in the field where we got to go find a restroom, find mm -hmm. a place to eat, right. depending on your working hours. So, you know, we have different issues from upstairs and downstairs. But if you have a women's committee, each person, it's good to have an office somewhere downtown or whatever, but it should be people stationed in each department that can be available to say, oh, girl, you pregnant? Let me give you this information and here's this person that you could call and here's all these different resources that I have for you. Or even if you see someone, like she said, who may be abused or something, you can, you know, she might not want to talk, but you're right there to say, here's this information for you. And maybe when that person gets alone and they start reading the information, they'll come back to you instead of saying, oh, now I got to go downtown and talk to a second new person or someone who's there, who they're unfamiliar with. So certain resources need to be made available to us at locations or have people from different locations in the position to assist you. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's a great idea. We're probably giving the, the current women's committee <laughs> all these ideas. But if they're not driven. It's too late now. Yeah. You should have been doing it. Right. What you waiting for? If they're, if they're not driven by, mo you know, motivated to do the right thing, they probably won't. Mm -hmm. So even if they try to initiate a lot of the things that we're talking about now, it won't happen because they're not motivated to do it. And if all, all you're, you're about being on a committee is waiting for the next junket mm -hmm. to, to fly here, fly there, pretend you're somebody in the union, then, um, you know, it, they it, wasting people. Time. I'm going to just let you everything. know, I don't bake, so I can't even be on the women's committee because <laughs> I'm not baking no cake. And my son does not like softball. So we need to get to the issues. <laughs> and I'm not taking up a collection from nobody and I ain't selling no chocolates. <laughs> no, well, back, back in the previous administration, the women's committee was more mm -hmm. in line with what you're talking about now giving information mm -hmm. people from all departments it wasn't just you know so those people who came to those women's committee meetings and they would bring to, back to you know the committee the di various problems that were out there and then people were, would see what they could do about them right the only thing that they didn't do is and I agree with that have a list of resources mm -hmm. that's the next step you know they would get the resources as they were needed but have a list of resources before 
someone had it so that you'd be readily able to give that list to or you know the information to the person when you encounter instead of doing it piece by piece because some of the information may not even be transit specific Mm -hmm. you know it might be you want to send someone to a specific counselor to talk to or you know a specific clinic to do whatever is needed or you might have a different daycare in mind or you know women adopt kids it's so much other stuff just outside of like you said okay the restroom yeah the softball whatever like I, this committee is where like i'm not interested in softball <laughs> anything i do play sports but that's not what this is about no it shouldn't be and i believe and andrew was right about the resources um resources should be available there should be a budget set up for for people to to be out there and be active and and and, and get out there with the members in places where they have to go one member at a time uh, resources I mean even for things I can't even imagine right now but the money should be budgeted and there and there should also be a fund now we were talking about um, widows and orphans fund I think on the page um, Steve Downs said something ignorant but that's you know normal but what oh, what, what 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 we had talked about I, I think even on the show Jamel was that the widows and orphans fund is collecting a lot of money I don't think they're going to be able to use all that money. If we can start to shift now to um, a charitable collection, pre-tax collection perhaps um, from the membership to deal with problems that we have internally. Um, Somebody's apartment catches fire, they have Mm -hmm. nowhere to live. Mm -hmm. I don't know Mm -hmm. how many times people came and said they were homeless for this reason or that reason or whatever happened to them that was catastrophic that um, they, they needed financial help and, and the union family could not help them because there was no fund to do it. It would have to come out of like a general fund. And then people were uh, always afraid of tapping into that and, and making a precedence and now everybody wants it. And then yeah. they, I'm sorry to cut you, and then they, they sold off the Gilmartin houses. So the oh, Gilmartin houses, houses would have been perfect for that, you that know? That would have been perfect for it actually to put maybe five apartments to the side for somebody who's in a lot of trouble. Exactly. But these are our members. We have to, what would you do for a family member that was in need is what we should be thinking as a union that we would do for our fellow members in need. And, and, and Hurricane Sandy or any natural disaster that happens after that where people were wiped out and just needed a little bit of money mm-hmm. um, to get back on their feet, buy some clothes for their children, um, th- this is stuff that we should be doing. Um, uh, dedicating resources so even going back to the women's committee where there's special needs women resources to come out of a voluntary fund like that um, you know to help out people that really need it especially in a safety sensitive I'm sorry especially in a safety sensitive job if everything is safety 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 and you're coming to work and you're like my house just burnt down or you got to use days or you might not even have days what if you have a fire in December and you know it's the end of the year you use your days now what you know so you're not going to get a check and then you're still going to have to worry about all these issues and then you go to the union and they're like um give me back my dues i'm I'm starting to wonder um they had a flat i guess steve down said um the fund the um, widows and orphans fund has over six hundred thousand dollars where did they get all of this money from because you remember they're selling everything and he also no 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 they're, they're selling. We have MetLife that's selling um, insurance policies to the to the members. I wonder are they getting a kickback from that? 
We have um, mm. Travelers. Um, what is it? Travelers Insurance Trans- or whatever. Trans Trans America. I wonder where, how much they're getting a kickback because if you remember, Roger took all of these entities and kicked them off our properties because when he looked at the the payout sheets. It was like they're making a killing off of our members. And what they're paying out is Minsko. I mean, you know, this is ridiculous. So maybe what Samuelson said, you know what? Funnel some of that money back over in here. Because I can't see that we, when we were in office, what it was about. Um, I, I'm not quite sure how much they said, how much we collected, but this was coming from the members. This is members giving this money, not kickback money. This is money that if you enrolled in any of these programs, this is a payola. They're giving the, the union some of this money back. Well, right. they're, they're definitely collecting a lot from us. Yeah. I mean, a thousand dollar scholarship is, is peanuts. Nothing. I mean, come on. That's nothing. But we didn't hold it. Expensive the colleges. National always Please. gave those scholarships out. Hoops to Joe. Get it? Not the the union. If you look where the scholarships are coming out now, it's coming from um, what is this? I think it's MetLife it's MP- or CP3. M- M3 Technology is the broker that's selling the insurance. That's the middleman. That's the people who are giving the the scholarships now. They're not coming from the international. A thousand dollars. I mean, it, you these people are making millions <laughs> of dollars from us and giving away a thousand dollar scholarship, which is. A slap it an insult. It is, what are you going to do with a thousand dollars? Absolutely know. nothing. It's nothing. But anyway, thousand dollars don't even pay for college books. But you're That's right. That's how I was going to say it. Books and room and board. Yeah, don't even pay for college books. Wow. No, you're right though because we need to um, we need to uh, uh, while they're around, start getting them to pay. There was a motion made at a car equipment division meeting um, from a member that had a special needs child. And he was saying that, you know, we, we get $1,000 from uh, M3 Technology, scholarship, whatever. Why, why don't, since they're making so much money off us, why can't they um, take care of special needs children? Maybe we could get, um, for everybody that has a special needs child, because there's, there's money out there, you've got to pay for that, mm-hmm. that, um, that they could donate to that. So that was brought to the executive board and got flushed right down the toilet. Um, because there's no way that they're going to approach their own bread and butter, their own bacon, and say, you know what, we need more money off of you. Because right now the vendors run the union, the leadership does not run the union. And I see that. And that's sad. Let me ask a question. I don't know if y'all touched on it because I stepped out. But what about the uniforms (laughs) for the women, the the work boots and, and things like that? Now, um, with the CTAs, I know the women always have issues, um... The, the CTAs have always had issues with these um, boots. If you take a look, um, and maybe there needs to be a study done on how many women, after wearing these boots for like five and, and ten years, they've had surgeries done to their feet. And um, there was one woman that I, uh, one CTA that I told her, I said, did you link this up with your doctor? I said, this is an occupational hazard. Did you link it up? Did you go out on comp and link this up? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, I didn't feel like being bothered. Now I wouldn't get paid. Da, da, da. And I'm like, look, we got to do this the right way. They're mm-hmm. giving you boots that are ruining your feet. Because when you retire, your feet come with you. They don't mm-hmm. stay here with transit. You got that right. That's so right. these are issues that we need to elaborate more on um, taking into um, effect. I mean, taking into consideration that um, our women out there are not, we're not built like men. We're women. And we need to have 
shoes and 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 proper PPE that is built suitable for, for or us. suitable for, for for women to use and that's not being addressed no because they just give you those heavy boots and wear them whatever and me personally my experience with the work boots is horrible I will not wear a pair of transit boots ever again in my career you no. heard me <coughs> I and we're not said utilizing it. also the women are not utilizing if these boots are hurting your feet mm-hmm. go to your doctor mm-hmm and get a variance to say, I cannot, my, my, my patient cannot wear these boots. This way you'll get See, a voucher right, to go get, to get some a, boots that, that I are. I had to get a shot. I had to get shots in my foot because I had so much inflammation in my foot. I couldn't step down. One wow. day I left work in those transit boots and I was limping. I limped home. Did you fill out an and IOD with this? No, I actually I didn't. So and you I, need to have your mm-hmm. doctor. This is what I'm talking about. We don't have a committee. There's nobody telling anybody right. or advising them. She mm-hmm. should have had this. This is an IOD incident. Yes. Those shoes caused her injuries. So this should have been on the IOD. So this way, when she gets ready to retire, or whatever, she'll get a little money, too, because transit messed up her foot. That's right. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it okay. wouldn't. you don't have to take time off no. to mm-hmm. fill out an accident report. And that's documented. And actually, that's a good thing for everybody not just the women men too your your boots are hurting your shoes are hurting you could fill out an accident report you don't have to go out yes just documented that they did this to you Mm -hmm. and you know you know what i wanted to ask you joe real quick who in it like what department in the authority of of management makes a decision on who the uniform distributor is going to be and who and, and who the foot and who the footwear distributor is going to be. Because I'm still waiting for my summer shirts. (laughs) (laughs) And see, that's another thing. I I tell people that I talk about it all the time about, you know, trying to go back to the old way of establishing the uniform room. It's ridiculous, but everything is on back order with everybody. Well, the people that, certainly the people that make the decision that who gets the shoes don't wear them. We know that. Or at least we, na- we got that narrowed down. <laughs> right. And, right. So um, it's, it's probably some kind of like procurement department, something somewhere where they get the cheapest, you the know, cheapest price. bidder. Yeah. No, it, it goes out for a bid. And who comes in with the lowest bid, they get the contract for the uniforms. But we used to have a uniform committee. You remember that? They had some teeth. We yeah. don't have that anymore. We don't. I it's been to, to the wayside. Really? I had yeah, to make to have my a uniform um, committee. I had to make hmm. my own summer shirts this year because <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> I, I no. bought some MTA patches because I was waiting on the shirts for so long. I'm like, what's going on here? Has it gotten to the point where we have to make our own uniforms? Yes. yes it oh has. my god! <laughs> I was thinking about the, buying some blue the, shirts. <laughs> <laughs> you take the patch off the old shirt. Well, I get Andrea to make that. <laughs> Because you, it's, you know how long you have to wait. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I'm on the bus. Because they, I gotta be in uniform, so I'm gonna make my own. It's amazing. My patch will be lopsided, but um, because it's like calling. Yeah, that's ATM. I'm in distress. And let me and let me and let me tell you something, Chanel. I just I just found out from my union buddy yesterday that the way they're making the new shirts now for bus operators is 
the badge, little badge holder on the mm-hmm. side of the shirt. They're putting it on the left side. Some people have said that they got their shirt with the badge holder on the left side. Facing so, the window. Facing the window, yeah. Oh, okay. So I like I said, that. Wow, that's new. I like that's that. even better. That's a new. I said, wow. So now it's it's not just back order. Now they're coming with defects. <laughs> oh, man. Who so said that was way? a defect, though? <laughs> so it's like the only way you're going to have a good quality uniform you gotta go <laughs> buy it yourself exactly. or you gotta make it or you gotta, you gotta go it. buy right. it yourself we, uh, because next. the shirts never fit right neither do the if pants you, if you a got busty. anything oh up here if you got anything up here if you're big ch- chested say it yeah yes. if you holding if you holding yes. <laughs> you holding that shirt is not gonna button if it do no, button not. your button gonna keep popping some I, got some of I got yeah. thick girl issues all the time <laughs> I do I'm not gonna lie I have thick girl issues I do your but. pants are not gonna fit right because if you have hips, yeah, mm-hmm. no. See, so it's this not is what down. it's not. We have universal pants and shirts going around. We need to have a committee that yeah. has some teeth to say we, you know, we have women who are are are, are, are slim. We have women, big women, middle sized women. There are all type of women bodies that we have, and we need to have uniforms that fit these bodies. But yeah. here's the thing: yeah. when I was in Zariga and I started, they measured me, arm length and everything, and still sent my all stuff the wrong came clothes. My stuff too. My, all my stuff came wrong this, too. After the my measurement, pants, my I was pants like, was too big and everything. Yes. Oh, it was horrible. I See, said oh, I thought I they like was measured. I felt good. I was like, oh, they're tailoring it up. And everything came and it couldn't mm-hmm. fit. I was came like, back wrong. this, this is horrible. I said, what kind of foolishness is this? This is nine, almost nine years of just nobody watching anything that's going on. Just a bunch of people at the clubhouse, at the union hall at the clubhouse. And management is just running amok. They're doing whatever it is that they want to do. And getting away with it. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, these committees that we talk about also talk mm-hmm. to a, a shadow committee. I'm, I'm sorry, a, a sister committee, a twin committee uh, mm-hmm. un, under management. Like if, if you had a women's committee bringing women's issues, there would be a women's mm-hmm. committee that, that management would put together and, and address those issues with the full power of the president's office. That's supposed to happen. That doesn't happen. What we, what even Jamel and I, when we were at that grievance day for RTO, there was... Even labor relations says there was a committee put together to, to discuss this. That committee had not met since it was um, formed you in 2009. Wow. See? What? This, and it, when you say what, this is true. In 2009, wow. the contract came out maybe in August. So there was only a couple of months there. And then Samuelson administration took over. And probably because it has a Tucson signature on it, Samuelson wouldn't do it. It doesn't matter whether it benefits the members or not. It only matters how he looks or what he thinks that mm-hmm. he discovered. Or, or putting different names on the same old anything. thing. Remember, I know, it just changes the name of it. Our Women's yeah. Committee on what you're talking about on management side. We had Anita um, Millet at our women's that was on management side of the Women's Committee that sat opposite of TWU, Local 100 side of the Women's Committee. Yeah. So we had some teeth. Something that we went in there with domestic violence, um, you know, whether it was uniforms, the locker rooms at that time, that was a big issue. Locker rooms, women locker rooms and bathrooms. Remember, we didn't have those. So we came in there with some teeth. Now, it's like it went right to the wayside. Samuelson said, this is nothing that we need to um, involve ourselves with. They really had no template. Think about it. That's right. I mean, I, I think chauvinism runs the union right now. It's obvious. 
And um, and they don't even think there's anything wrong with it. It's 1950s over there. Mm-hmm. Bake sales and softball. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at either. I can't. I, I can bake, but I that softball that. thing is. Mm, I ain't played to softball honest, in years. Outside of a women's committee, there needs to be just women representation in the union as a whole. You know when. Um, the whole election things was going on and people were coming to the depot. It was just the group of men on both sides. And then it needs to be some women in there, you know, let them know, like on your team to help address different issues or come from a different standpoint. But well, it's hard to have um, get women. It's hard to have women's representation when you have women in there that don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. When, women, and that's what I have a problem with. Because we have, well, she makes my ass itch, but sorry, but. Mm. <laughs> Damn. I just feel. Who's that? Feel, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it's just very annoying to me to know that there's someone there that doesn't return phone calls, that, will not, that knows things are going on, and she chooses to ignore them. There's going to come a time when you're going to need us and you're going to be ignored. So prepare yourself for that. There you go. Let me say something regarding that thing, too. With the conductor recently that got uh, recently assaulted by the cop, Kia and Broussard went to go speak to the female conductor. Why wasn't Crystal there? She's the chair, which means that she's higher, she's higher than Broussard. Mm-hmm. For what I understand, that they told her to stay there to run the union meeting which I feel that maybe Kia should have stayed and ran the meeting as VP, and Crystal should have had a woman-to-woman talk with the conductor who got assaulted. Why would you send two men when you have a, a, a woman chair? And And I would like to know, I would like to know, you know, did she argue? Did she say, no, I should be there because I'm a woman? Did she just fall in line? Because it, say, it, 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 was, says, it says a lot about her, but it also says a lot about Kia and his decision-making on who he take. He should play chess. He's, he's playing Scrabble with Samuelson. See? Words with friends. Words with friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> words with friends. Right in the words with they didn't even think to give their 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 so-called women's committee. Why didn't send a, a a representative from one of their committees that was a woman? If Crystal couldn't make it, because I was thinking that when I read that and I saw that, I said, "Well, why didn't she go? She should have been the first one to go." I said, "Because her being a woman, hey, they champion. can sit and talk in private or whatever. It would feel awkward." If something happens to me and two men walk in to talk to me, that's awkward be intimidated. for me. That's go. awkward for me. Right, because even with, um, I know, you know, like with the cops and, and rape cases, they if they have a female officer on hand or a female, you know, detective, mm-hmm. they usually try to send the female to talk to a female because, mm-hmm. again, it's more soothing, just like you right. said, you know, than to have a bunch of males come and question her. You know, as we're sitting here, I'm thinking about this. Having a women's crisis representative. This means that at a drop of a dime, if anything happened, goes on on an uh, uh, emergency basis, we have a woman that's right there 
you know, if it, if it happens to another woman, we have somebody, a representative to say, you know what, and it goes across the board. It doesn't have to be in stations or RTO. This is all across the board. Because a woman's issue is a woman's issue. Yeah, good Maybe idea. Maybe to get something I like, like that. that. That's a good in idea. In place. I mean, you know, this, all these ideas we're coming up with is, 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 is some of the things why women would want to get involved. When, when we say that, you know, you know women that don't want to get involved. Maybe, I mean, really, when you look around, you say, well, what the hell do I want to get involved in that for? You know, mm-hmm. I, I can't fix that. You know, I don't want to be a part of that. But if, if, if people see something really being done that's meaningful, a lot more women will get involved. They'll see it and they'll say, hey, you know what? I want to be a part of that. That's something that I, you know, that I could do. So, you know, I mean, baby steps, but I can't see it happening, we you know, right now somewhere. with this current crew. Exactly. We have to start Change somewhere. is going to come. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Change is coming. Um, I just want to get off the subject, but not so much as off of the subject. They had, I guess, the contract um, negotiations. They had, a, I think, um, one of their meetings that was in Queens that was yesterday. Was it Thursday? They um, had it from four to six. At the bar? No, the um, bar no, this Manhattan one. I said the, the same thing. I said, wait, are they in the bar? I said, no. Oh, no, no. Manhattan and the Bronx were in the bar. In the bar. But they had it at a, I guess, um, local, some local um, auditorium or oh, something. Long Island City. Long Island City. We had 10 people showed up. Wow. In state from stations. Now we have in in station agents alone. There's maybe about a little over twenty eight hundred um, wow. station agents. You had ten people show up. What is wrong? And out of that, I think I needed to get the breakdown of women who showed up. And I don't think it was a big um, ratio of men to women. We gotta get more involved. And what's going on? I know how are they being given the The information? That's another thing. Is another thing you have to see because a lot of times, not in Fresh Pond, when I was in East New York Depot, I didn't get no information for nothing. So when I switched over to Fresh Pond and I seen, oh, there's a shift the class coming up, even like where these meetings are being held, it's posted on the union door. So you can see it and you can go and say, like, when you're going to see a union rep, you see, oh, it's a Brooklyn location I could go to to discuss these things. So you have to see how the information is getting out to the members so they can come and um, voice their opinion. The same way you go around to be elected, go around and say, hey, these are the dates that we have coming up and we want to we want your input because I'm sure they didn't secure these locations you know, October 1st. What, what month are we in? September? We're in oh, okay, September. September 1st. September. I'm sure they didn't secure these locations September 1st. They knew ahead of time that we're going to be in Long Island College City Auditorium. So when you secured those locations, you should have been dropping them flyers off in advance the same way when you wanted to be elected, you came around and said, hey, vote for me, X, Y, and Z. So the information needs to be given. They like doing things the old-fashioned way. Hey, hand out the flyers the old-fashioned way. That's exactly and so how to it, do it can go, and people can know directly. Take the train from station to station. Put this up in the booth, so all the station people could have it, and the cleaners could see it. So if ten people showed up, you have to see how did this information reach twenty-eight hundred members, or this information reached a hundred members, and out of that hundred, ten came. Well, they, 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 they do the lazy um, organizing, and that's electronic. Put it on the website. 
um, send out emails. And uh, don't forget the phone calls. Yeah. Who got an email? I didn't get an email or a phone call. I'm I got, off a, the I got, I got a phone call nothing. with Earl Phillips' voice on it. Um, really? Lucky yeah. you. You're special. <laughs> so <laughs> are these their core, right? their core supporters that get these emails and get the flyers and stuff like that? Is that the only people who get these things? I think what they Because I'm a dissident. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a dissident. So I guess I don't get I don't to get, get any flyers. No. And, and, and listen, I think they make flyers and then throw them in the garbage and say they handed them out. In your, in your department, Jamel, that's, mm-hmm. that takes a lot of work and, and of course, organize, organizing the areas. You guys know better than me, but you know what I'm talking about. We did about. it, though. You did it. It was time consuming, but you did it. And the members wanted to see that. That's how you guys do it. It's easier in, in, in shops and in depots because you can... I'm a lodger. Yeah, you have a captive audience. In, in, where I am, even, even more so. We're even more captive because we're not out driving buses. We're mm-hmm. just fixing trains and we're in the same house. Um, so we know how to do that. But they don't do that. And that's why 10 people. And, of course, there's no motivation for it. The last contract was a, a disaster. It was like a ship out to sea with no wind. Um, it's not going anywhere. Everyone's like, look, it's the same old crap. <laughs> I'm looking to see what Maurice Jenkins, side, what side agreement that Maurice Jenkins made. That's what I'm looking to see on a station agent of the future. Because this is going to be concerning a lot of women, too, because we're going to be coming outside these, um, these booths and walking around mm-hmm. and with a, 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 tablet, a, a, a tablet going on and trying to help people. And we're supposed to be proactive. We're supposed to walk up to the person, not where, as in the booth, the people come to you. You're supposed to walk up to the person and, and look at the confused um, customer walking around the station and say, hey, how can I help you? Um, before we go further, I'm, oh. wait, wait, where are we supposed to find this information? On what website? TWULocal100.org is not even on the website, like, where are you supposed to go and rally about the contract? But is Ecuador Day on there? Um, <laughs> Chinese Day? An, an you know, the African American Day parade is on yeah, there. Yeah, the parade is on here. 9 11 Remember event is on here. Is the assault but on there from these, the conductor? No. These things should be secondary. Like when you open up the page, you should know in bold print this is where we're going to rally so you can say i need more money i need better benefits things of that nature i shouldn't have to go on a website and search to find out yeah, what be, i need it should, it, be, should be, it should be in plain view right now yeah. my, my thing is that when they start the station agents of the future and they start bringing the uh you know station agents outside of the booth they should be equipped with walkie talkies or like i said in mm-hmm. past shows life alert buttons yeah where they press a one button like I, I fall and I can't get up type yeah, button. I know, yeah, we know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. They need to press a button if they feel that they being this is, threatened. No, this is on Absolutely. Facebook. This is the website. But it's on TWU's um, Supply Logistics on Facebook. TWU Local 100. 124 members. She's talking about a Facebook group for TW. <laughs> I just need to point that out. So, this, but this is what That's they 124 have. people. And that goes to my point why 10 people showed up. Because this Facebook group says 124 members. My shop in East New York's Facebook is bigger than that. Oh. <laughs> I just want to chime in here for a minute. Because no, the locals. Yeah. our members have to stop being apathetic. Yes. 
And I've always said, even when I first became involved with the union, you complain about what the union isn't doing. Excuse me, people, it's not just the union, will we'll, we'll only do what you make them do. Mm -hmm. And if you don't come to meetings and stuff like that and give, let your voice be heard to make them do what your, your dues are paying them to do, they're not going to do it. I agree so with that. So if you want to keep sitting back and just mumbling and complaining among yourselves, things won't get done. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, people out there may not like hearing me say this because they feel I should be, oh, yeah, rah, 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 everything is good, you know, with the union and whatnot. No, it's your job. It's mm -hmm. your job to make them do what your dues are paying them to do. She Absolutely. Right. She right. The, 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 union, the union is actually the members. Exactly. And the elected reps is the, the people who we put in position to help lead us mm -hmm. on our journey. But the union is the members itself. Just like with, with, with me and Progressive Action, we decided to put together a rally for a department that we're not even in. You know, and, and it's almost like the union had to get down. Because if they didn't, it would have just looked bad. Yes. And we wasn't doing it for them to look bad. We was actually doing it to better. Because if the foundation is strong at the bottom, then the top would be strong also. You lift the bottom up, the top ain't going to have no choice but to raise also. Mm -hmm. So you have to support the people who's at the bottom. Because I tell conductors and train operators this all the time, you one mistake away from being a cleaner. Yep. And everybody, yeah, 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 yeah. Not, well. but, but bus operators, but everybody. People yeah. think that they're immune to what's going on, and they even look down on cleaners. And that's cool because I just I know a train operator right now. He was a train operator two months ago, eighteen years on the job. Now he now he has Stillwell cleaning. So you 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 not too far removed. It's not like you ten titles removed or I never go down a cleaner. You one title removed yeah. from any position before you go down to cleaner, basically in operational titles. You know what I'm saying? So we have to support, you know, the, the, the cleaners. And it's mostly women from what I understand in that department and minorities. So we definitely have to have to support that because labor relations isn't playing. They giving you a broom and dustpan when you leave to Broadway. You keep yep. your pass, but you go get a broom and dustpan. And then, right. and then you got to make sure you know you you know you get a budgeted position because it's not like there's an extra list for cleaners. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to wait for a position to open up, so you can sit out there and wait six months or even a year. You know, yeah. so that's what right. you got to wait no, for. And that's people what have to stop thinking of the officers as being the union, mm -hmm. as Tremel said, you're the union, and as. What's his name? That's Tremel. That's okay. Tremel. <laughs> but he said that. No, but as he said, you are the union, mm -hmm. okay? Not the officers that you elected. You elected them to represent you, but you are the union. And if you don't care, then why should the ones that you elected to represent you care? That's well. I mean, yeah, we they got to be on 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 their asses. There's no doubt about that. Um, but also, you know, I mean, there's a phenomenon that 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 unions use that don't want to do anything and it's like an anti-organizing campaign and it's just it's just to show a little bit like look we're doing something mm -hmm. and but they don't get it out to everybody because they don't want to raise expectations or they don't want people to say you know hey yo, this is what i want they don't want too many demands out there they don't want people paying attention and then what happens later on two years later two and a half years later the governor hands you a contract with no divisional improvements um, and just say here, this is the best we could do. Uh, we didn't get zeros, 
and that's you know and and they and, and they, they lull the members to sleep also by not keeping them involved they, there's a reason for that you don't want if, if people are involved and they're paying attention then they see what you can't do what 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 this administration couldn't get accomplished and and they don't want people looking at that they don't even want they don't want people to know there's an election going on well you know it's not just that it's not just that unfortunately too many of our members and i've seen this for i've been involved with the union or especially attending meetings not just being an officer for years when contract come time comes around their bottom line is oh how much of a raise are we going to get people you seem to forget every benefit you have your your uh, medical everything that's part of the your money you get as a raise don't just look at that little two percent or whatever it is because by the time they tax that it is in mm. diddly squat you need to look at every benefit the union is able to negotiate for you. That's money. Because if it's a medical thing, it's money you don't take out your pocket. Well, the contract has a value, right? I mean, it has a, has a, a, a monetary value to it. Yeah. Health benefits come out of this, out of that pile. Raise comes out. Everything that you get that costs money comes out of the pile. Now, the size of that pile depends on, on your organizing capability of the union. If the union does not organize properly... It's going in there with no leverage, and it's, it's, it's begging. Of course, but I'm, like I'm saying, bottom line is, and for years, people would say to me, because they knew I went to the meeting, I'm sorry, people would say to me because they knew I went to the meetings, how much of a raise are we getting? That's not the only thing. Suppose you get a, an improved benefit or you get another benefit. Like yes. Joe just said, that's money. Well, it's all money. So don't just look at what the raise is, because it's all money. And the divisional demands that none were met um, from the last contract, but they were the ones that we were talking about uh, work work area improvements. These were things, even, even, even a women's committee demands could have been met. Grievance and discipline, sick. Everything that we've talked about today, none of it was addressed. We, we, we negotiated, and then it died. We were told to stop negotiating on January 15th as a division. And two and a half years later, we got nothing. Mm -hmm. Except you guys got a side agreement that screwed you in stations. There you I, go. I don't think anything good happened. I think anything that was given to the divisions was bad. Mm -hmm. And actually, there was some good things. Uh, well, there's some things I'm glad didn't happen. Like, like Downs wanted to bring back a tripartite board um, from the 90s instead of having an arbitrator decide. Bringing back the tripartite board was the same thing as... As, as, as horse trading one member for another. You can't have management, the union, and an arbitrator in the same room deciding someone's fate, and that person is not in the room. That person should be in the room when, the, when, 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 when management and the union are arguing, and then the arbitrator goes away and makes a decision. The other way around, and, and Downs wanted to bring it back, and I said, why? That's what management wants. We got it away from them. But that was something that they wanted in grievance and discipline, and I told them I would oppose that immediately. You better not bring that to management. And, um, and I'm glad that didn't happen. So at least that's one thing they didn't do that I was happy about. <laughs> if, I could, if I could say anything else. Good old Mr. Downs, huh? Yeah, my favorite. He has a lot of ideas, huh? Yep. Yeah, he's like Samuelson's sock puppet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Our members need to stop thinking as individuals and come together and think collectively. Because a lot of times you'll have like members who own their own home or they, they're, they're good. They're like, oh, I have my house already. My car is paid for. And they're like, I'm good with whatever I make. I'll pick a 12-hour run and with a long swing and, you know, that's just it. And they're not thinking like the new contract that was signed. They got to come in and wait five years to get the top pay. And I'm like, some of the members, I'm like, don't your kid work here? Like, you just took something. You just accepted this. And now your child that you told who MCA was so good now they're going to be living at home with you for five years until they get the top pay because they can't make it out here on their own. So it's like when you go see these contracts, don't sign because you're in a certain place in your life and you're okay with a 2% raise because you already built your pension for 10 or 15 years and you're going to be like, well, I'm about to retire, so I'm going to just take whatever they have. Think going back to the people that's coming in. And saying, okay, how can this contract benefit the new people coming in and whoever else is applying for the job? You know, that's a, that's what's happening now. My mom has been driving for 17 years. And I'm like, when you come to contract time, think if you had to say, oh, I need my granddaughter to work here or my grandson and what you want for them. Because you're going out the door. And you might be comfortable or you might have done things the correct way. But times living in New York City was different 17 years ago than what it is now. So the salary big that time. she yeah, was getting, time, yeah. you know, it she's comfortable now. But us new people coming in five years and less, we're like, what, what are you giving us? What are we supposed to do with that? It's yeah. absolutely terrible like what was done to the new, uh, the new employees. I mean, we were that's part of our philosophy. It always was. That you know, um, an injury to one is an injury to all, mm-hmm. and 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 the analogy you used about you know they're our children, our grandchildren. We, if we if we need to pass this job down to, mm-hmm. to you know our own family members, what did we do? I mean, if you're if you're if you're the parents and there's only so much food, what are you going to eat it? Exactly. And let, you, let your children starve. You know that's what we did to the new people. Like you want them to be able to get and achieve what you got and achieve. And if this, if we can't make it on what's handed to us now, it's not going to be good. And the only people winning is management because the union is selling out its members so they can pocket individually. And then you're leaving the members to work RDOs and double up and things of that nature. Who wants to be at work for 16 hours a day? It's awful. Six and days a week. Bad. That's horrible because it's bad enough that we sacrifice our time away from our family and mm-hmm. everything as it is because we do have to work. Everybody has to work. We have to maintain a certain lifestyle and, you know, be as comfortable as we can with what we have. But when you are working, what is supposed to be a quote unquote good job? And you can barely make it living within the five boroughs. There's something wrong with that. Yeah. That's right. I cannot, I cannot afford to live in the city that I serve. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. I live upstate in Dutchess County because that is more affordable for me. Because the rent down here is astronomical. Mm-hmm. It is out of this world. 
and to buy a house we're not going to even go there because you the houses they want four five i saw there was a house in brooklyn they wanted seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars i said what part of the game is this three quarters of a million dollars huh? they wanted seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars i said i i would never i said i, I would never mm-hmm. our never, paychecks ever. are not no. keeping up with the cost of living ever and no our union our, is keeping up with the cost of living. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we're not keeping up with the cost of living. So we're sitting here paying these union dues, like putting money in funds that you got to stress to get money out of. And it's like, okay, what is going to happen? And the members need to come to the forefront and ask what's going to happen. I know you don't want to still continue to live at home, continue to live in an apartment. You know, you want to put your kids in private school, do whatever. But these things cannot happen unless our union make it happen for us. How does, I'm sorry, we'll check out. How does the single uh, parent move out of the city (laughs) and and, and try to deal with childcare now because you're leaving a child, you know, 50 miles Mm -hmm. from the city because you can't live here? And, and you have imagine. to go back and forth to home. And exactly. see me, I'm a single person. I have no children. So imagine if I had children and I had and they're looking to me for all the answers and the mm-hmm. support and everything. So imagine what I would have to do. And I think it's sad that there that my fellow coworkers work their audios every week. Mm-hmm. Every we, they are running themselves in the ground just so that they can live comfortably. And, yes. it's, not, and it's not supposed to be that way. The right. bottom line is that uh, everybody should be able to balance themselves out and have the, and live their lives right. on, on 40 hours. Right. You know, um, overtime should just be a bonus. Yeah, right. To put, you know, to put extra money away or to do right. what, or, the, or, or whatever you other should. extracurricular activity. Right. But you shouldn't have to kill yourself all the time just to survive. And see, that's what it's become working for transit. You, you know? it's survival of the fittest. It right. really is. It's survival of the fittest. Because like you said, Overtime should be a luxury. You work it if you want to, you not want because to. you have to. Because you have to. And what it is now is that you have to. Right. And bro. back to the women's issue, the more you are at work, the less you are at, at home. home. Okay. Exactly. Right. And your family is taking a sacrifice. And, you know, not to say, I know we're all conventional now, but there's still traditional men and women roles in the household. And as a woman, when you're out the house and you're at work, there's certain things you're not there nurturing your family and your children because you're like, oh, I have to support them versus be there for them, especially if you want to live in a city. You don't even have to be single to be like, I have to work Mm -hmm. all these hours. You can have a husband, uh, a partner, excuse me. You can have a partner in the home and both of y'all still have to work because you want to live here in New York City and provide for your children and then it's like you're looking at your union like okay what is 2% 2% aka 1.5 
aka one percent after you take okay your medical went up so that ain't really two percent if i have to pay more on the medical so it starts to trickle down and you're like okay well what am i doing with this well two percent is pure garbage that's you're what not it is. doing absolutely nothing but, with it this is something <laughs> that the union um being that we got this bismal abysmal contract that the raises that we got why didn't the union say you know what we're not going to take a bump up on our salaries because they're the only ones that got a good bump Mm -hmm. they were they went from pay i mean uh making what is it division chair i think 98 to over 100 and something thousand how do you do that our checks didn't get a bump like that but theirs got a bump and it does it's not a bump that reflects what you got from for your your members exactly we got in stations we got two dollars and 53 cents for five years over five years what you gonna do with that absolutely nothing but none of them got a two dollar and 53 um um cent raise mm-hmm. that's right that's why they, they, that that i feel your pain look that they give you <laughs> when you're telling them you like why does anything. our contract suck so much that's only a false look it's a facade they know yeah. they, they know they made out because like everyone, bandits because every one of them up there, they have vacation homes, boats. They going to London, Italy, Dubai, Mexico. everything else. Well, Mexico. they're doing all, this. all that. Me- they doing yeah. and they're doing Here's it the on our dime. Our members are also going on vacation, but they had to work six days a week for to three or four months to afford no. the vacation yeah. that they're taking. It's That's not right. like they did the forty hours and said, "Oh, I'm going on vacation too." Yeah. No, you, know you know how much overtime they had to do. Exactly, you had they to, had put to in do six a lot of overtime. Days. You had to go look for the longest hours to prepare to do these things. So like back with the women's committee thing, you're out the home. So the pay raise that we're we're seeking is not just like, oh, we need extra money. The more money we get, the more we could be home to do things that we need to do. Family it's survival, things. absolutely. The 40 hour base pay should be enough for anybody to survive. And yes. the rest of it, like Jamel said, is gravy. That's it. Yeah, and that's exactly what it should be. And um, Jocelyn, we ain't gonna call it Chanel Nicole. Jocelyn brought up a good point because transit don't factor your life outside of the job. They only care about the service, especially when you first coming in extra, extra, bouncing you everywhere throughout the system. You don't have no time for family. They don't even um, factor in the time that you have to go to get home to even get rest. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The crew office, you'll, you'll live in the Bronx. The crew office will send you to Far Rockaway. Mm-hmm. You'll get to Far Rockaway. There's three people on board at Far Rockaway mm-hmm. already. Why are you sending me all the way here? Now I have to be to work in 10 hours, but you ain't factoring that it's at nighttime probably. There's GOs going on. It's going to take me two and a half, three hours to get home. And I'm not just going to get home and fall asleep. Maybe I want to give my, wake my kid up, give him a kiss. Maybe I want to eat dinner. Maybe I want to take a shower. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I need to balance my checkbook. Oh, Maybe you re- want to spend time with your spouse. Yeah, realistic, realistic, <laughs> realistic stuff. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? They don't factor in. They don't factor in that stuff. No, that's right. It's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice away a from the families. Mm-hmm. It's our life. I mean, one one day you're gonna wake up dead and realize that you just missed everything. <laughs> that you, you missed everything that you were supposed to enjoy after you were born. Because you had to work your ass off for it. And it's the new slavery, really. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was thinking. It's the new slavery. Because they don't mind. Everybody doing RDOs, everybody covering all this work. Listen, mm-hmm. the little bit of work that they do have out there, they got everybody covering it. Because and that's my thing. If, you're, if, if y'all are going to work people 
and 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 talk about the demand of service, then damn it, put the put the service out there. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Put the work out there so that there's more than enough work to pick. Okay, you know that's my thing. Well, it's a whole trap. That's why the whole seventy thirty thing, discipline thing, is a joke. Because I wish transit starts saying you go take your suspensions, because there'll be a lot of drop trips, mm-hmm. and and buses and trains won't make their intervals because they realize. <laughs> Damn, we suspended about 15,000 people. <laughs> there you go. So 70-30, they making it seem like they doing us a favor, but they'll lose more money by these eight, these drop trips and things like that versus that the, the little thousands of dollars because they're going to lose federal money. Mm-hmm. That was, did yes. Yes. Tramel, right. did you find out was this legal or well, what's it's, going it's, on it's, with that? It's illegal because they're not supposed to find us more than $100. The thing is that the fine is not supposed to exceed $100. Now, the thing is, once again, if I was decide to fight that, because they got to follow the law, if I was um, to decide to fight that, then they go actually put members in the street. And I don't want to hurt members like that. But I feel that if the union want to take a stance, the mm-hmm. money from the Gilmore houses, try it for a year. Right. Spend it. Supplement the, supplement the, the members. Yes. The members. Um, Suspension. How about this? Give them jobs at the union hall. There you go. There you go. Um, promote, Solution. Promote. Give them jobs at the union hall. Promote and let them hand out flyers. There you let go. That's do, a solution. Let them do, let them do whatever. <laughs> Supplement their um, their their, their um, salary. Right. This you know, just just to make a just to make a stand. The management be like, you know what? We go. Y'all go get paid regardless. Take the mm-hmm. suspension. Let's let management figure out how many people they suspending. Let them lose their federal dollars. And they'll figure it out at the end. Oh, you know what? We need to change this up ourselves. We sus- we, we taking too many people. Because when you look at the records, the 70-30 is not reflected. Only the discipline. Mm-hmm. It only show you the days. It don't show you how much your fine is or even if you took a fine. Right. So wow. on record, they'll mm-hmm. never know how much they hurting, they hurting us. And they don't want to keep record and show people that they're hurting themselves. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said before, that 70-30... It's still used for progressive discipline because even though you're paying a fine, it doesn't wipe everything away. That's what I'm telling you. It, it don't yeah. still reflect, going up. No, it's it still, it's it still going it, it don't reflect the fine. It, it only reflects whatever they, whatever the discipline was. So right. we got 20 days. It don't say, oh, you know, it, just, it don't say, oh, he gave, he got the fine. It just say he has 20 days. Right. So when they look back in your record, they won't be like, oh, he paid the fine last time. No, <laughs> and it's progressive. They go, look, so they gonna know the average member is not taking 20 days in the street. Right. Exactly. Right. So they exactly. already know. Right. Well, it's uh, it's about that time. This show went pretty, you know, tonight went pretty fast as usual. So what we usually do is everybody, you know, the people who were here before, uh, they know that, uh, you know, we what we do is we give everybody an opportunity to give everybody out there the final thoughts and the final statement to make. So what we want to do is we want to start with the newbie, Miss uh, Mr. Cole. No, no, no. The Jocelyn. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is what I see on Facebook. So that's all So can you please leave everybody with the final statement that uh, everybody can remember? Um, my final statement is going to be that we have to start thinking as a whole versus individuals. Once you, what is that, divided, we fall, united, we stand. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the only way we're going to get things done and move forward. If one person is happy, then we're weaker than what we were prior to coming in with demands 
and you know it just make things a little bit easier on the union slash management side to like get things done the way they want to correct Ms. Chisholm if there's one thing that I would like or I hope there was an impact when we spoke about women issues on this um, program that we had tonight I hope that this program touched one or two women who really, really needed help out there. And they said, you know what? I'm going to take a stance and I'm going to get in touch with someone and get some help if it's, uh, you know, needed. So I leave that. Ms. Shaitan. I just want to say that we have to stand together as a whole. Whatever you are looking for as an improvement stand for it let your voice be heard whether it be salary promotions whatever it is me personally i am big on promotions and salaries they do not pay us what we're worth and i just want to say mr samuelson it's time for you to pay what you weigh because your pockets are not missing no meals. <laughs> so you need to give us what we're worth because we are worth every dime and every dollar. There we go. Now, um, next, month is, next month is Cancer Awareness Month. So that's, that's another you know, issue that affects everybody, and especially women, because women mostly participate in that. I would like to see some of the membership there. I don't see the Workings Women Committee say anything about it. I'm quite sure they go go assemble in the park and take pictures with Kool-Aid smiles and we was there. But when they go organize the other women. Exactly. Or, Participate. Or, or, the we. Yeah. Who's the, the we the, that was there? The Workings Women Committee is, is only them. They, they, I don't think they worried about engaging the, the membership as a whole. No. So, so, you know, but, but we could do, we go do our own thing. We yeah. ain't got to wait for them. And, and that's what progressive action is. When we do something, I see they, they want to move behind it. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. Y'all want to join us? I'm with that. Yeah, but we course. go, we go set the standard and we go try to engage members to go join. I think it's in Prospect Park or something like that. Well, I never did it. And if I'm off, if, if I can make it. Even if I got to get on my brand new rollerblades, I just bought it. Oh. <laughs> you got to let everybody know about those. Yeah. I, I may just do it. You know what I'm saying? But um, what you want to say, cuz, before we get out? Because, you know, we got food out there, so we got to eat. Yeah, yeah, we got to eat. Uh, well, I just, you know, tonight was ladies night. So I guess as a male, I just want to let what the ladies said marinate. But I guess I can, all, you know, piggyback off of it and say that, um, you know, to all the women out there, you know, we are, you know, us as men, you know, we come from a woman. So, you know, we're, I guess, you know, the younger generation, the younger men, we're more sensitive to what women's needs are. You know, I always talk about, uh, you know, not focusing on bathrooms and locker rooms because that's a lot more than the job. You know, this is transit. So we should be focused on, again, the jobs that we do. We should, no, all, no matter what, we should be focused on making sure there's an RTO, there's enough jobs out there for everybody and enough pay, more penalty jobs. And in buses, same thing. It should be more, it should be more runs out there and more bigger paying runs and more money out there and more ways of making overtime. So because, and the same thing in stations and other departments and so on and so on, because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Nobody came here to be broke. 
mm-hmm. you know. So basically, hopefully all the women out there can take heed to what you heard in the studio so far because this is just a, of course, in transit now, this is just a fraction of what uh, the female experience is in transit. So hopefully, um, you know, we can, as time goes on, uh, the, the, the union and the membership can build and can build on and make things better for women on the job. Uh, yeah, so tune into um, progressiveaction.info. That's the website. Progressive Act on Twitter, Progressive Action on Instagram. And of course, the Facebook group, Progressive Action. And SoundCloud, Progressive Action. Keep um, subscribing to the shows on Apple, iTunes, and Google Play. We greatly appreciate y'all to continue to listen. We, we taking the stance. Our voices is being heard. And let's continue to grow, not only as a membership, but as a people in the community. See y'all next week. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.